Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Mario Noviello of Light Bright Boxing coming to you from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Mario, what's going on, man? How are you today? Uh, doing well, man. Having an enjoyed nice, nice Friday, beautiful sunny weather down here. Can't beat it. And we get to talk about probably one of your favorite things to talk about, the business. Light Bright Boxing is, is the crux of our conversation. Before we get into the business aspect and what you do from a day-to-day standpoint, for the people who aren't familiar with this, how do you describe Light Bright Boxing? What's kind of the, the elevator pitch for this business? Uh, well, we are a boxing business. I mean, we teach young kids who are experiencing uh, bullying this. We teach young adults who need outlets. Um, we have even older professionals who just want some kind of outlet in life, you know, and that's kind of the big thing. And also providing a workout services, of course, but you're learning a skill associated with that. And that I find that to be a very successful tool. And boxing is, is the catalyst for all of this. It's right in the name there. I, I find myself fascinated with origin stories on things like this. And so take us back not even to the day that the doors opened for Light Bright. Take us back to the day that the idea popped into your head, I'm going to open up my own boxing gym. What was going on for you and, and what was the genesis of all of this? I have a great story for you, to be honest with you. So true statement, um, I graduated with a bachelor's degree and couldn't find a job. I was going through, I went through a process, like trying to find like a good paying job. You know, I was, I, I, the doors kept shutting my face. And I was kind of frustrated because I was like, you know, I do have some educational background. I have a military background, six years, you know, what's going on? What do I need to do myself? How do I need to fix myself? And what I kind of did was I was thinking like, well, what can I do? Um, I do love boxing. I box in college in, in the, where I'm from in Pennsylvania. I box in the military. So I was like, well, I can kind of combine those two. My wife was like, Mario, just open a boxing business. And uh, I kind of did. I said, I kind of just did my own thing um, because I was frustrated. I couldn't find stuff. I was like, you know what? Let's start your own business. Yeah. Create my own opportunity, right? And here we are, right? 10 years have gone by. Something must have gone well along the way. <laughs> Give me bruises. kind of a, a 30,000 foot view <laughs> of that time. Yeah. Anybody that, that has spent time in the fitness industry knows that it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but for <laughs> you at least, what's been your favorite part about running your own business so far? And then follow that up with what's been the challenging, most difficult part about running your own business? So my favorite part is the coaching aspect. You know, I, I love, I love coaching and I really, I know it's like so cliche to say, but I truly, it's like a, when you see somebody grow or you see like their, if, particularly if I'm training them for competition and you see them go from one kid, maybe a shy kid or kind of timid kid into like more, yeah, not cocky, just a confident kid exuding, you know, body language and everything. It's a big kind of pat on my back. And I really enjoy that aspect. Um, I love the coaching aspect. I love the nitty gritty coaching. Um, there's a difference between low level coaching, high level coaching, you know, and I, I have to talk to my, my coaches about this sometimes because I want to make sure they're not just coaching the, the, the micro levels. I'm sorry, the macro levels. I want to get down way down low uh, because when you have good foundations, you can go further in life, especially with the competition athletes with the, uh, the one-on-ones 
it's a little different. You know, um, you're learning a sports specific skill, you're learning fitness and it's, it's all while you're learning is something that can help you later in life. I mean, that's self-defense in general, you know, so that's a, that's a blessing in general. So that's kind of my personal favorite is just seeing the growth and development of my athletes that I'm training. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think anybody listening to this, anybody that's owned a gym, whether it's boxing or not boxing would agree with that. I think the majority of people that I speak with get into this because they want to help people, right? They want to see them develop. They, they get, they derive more out of this than simply dollars and cents at the end of the day. It's a, it's a bigger picture thing. So follow that up. What's been, what's been the toughest part? What's been the biggest hurdle so far? Well, boxing in general, amateur boxing doesn't really make a lot of money. So uh, finding other revenue sources to sustain the boxing. I mean, cause I, what ha- makes me excited is when I see my athletes and get better, but of course that doesn't sustain from a business standpoint. So I pull in my one-on-ones and I pull in other things. Now I will say that um, some really challenges is just general marketing, to be honest with you. Not that it's not fun. It's not, you know, like I enjoy marketing and making the videos and content and stuff, but, but just like takes so much time. And I really think it's an underestimated of how much you really need to spend in the marketing aspect. Yep. Uh, you know, I, right now I'm, I'm in the process of trying to find somebody who can make video content because I'm making it all myself, which is tough because if I'm making all the video content myself, which anybody who has a video content maker, it knows. Not it takes, on the floor coaching. Yeah. Yeah. You're not on the floor coaching. <laughs> and it takes a lot of that time. Like the, you know, and then on top of that, the marketing, and then we do boxing events. So then I'm the event planner and then I'm the coach. And then, I, you know, so getting, I guess, pulled in so many directions is, is one of the like most challenging things and kind of finding my center line to not just go an inch in 10 different ways, but going a kind of a mile in one direction or two. A theme that I hear often in our space is that when things were so much easier when I was just a trainer, right? All I had to focus on was <laughs> coaching clients. I would show up, coach the clients and go home at the end of the day. When you open up a business and, and bills are coming due, some of these things, albeit not our favorite thing to do, become necessary, right? The marketing, the sales, the management, all of this. And I think that's where people sometimes fail or that's where the, 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 the first initial like fail comes from to when you grow from just one aspect and to grow into like the management, their ownership side, it's a lot of responsibility. And if you're not up for that challenge, if you're not, you know, getting up early in the morning, going to bed early, you know, at night to, to get up and have that quietness, especially me being a family man, I love my family. So I try to devote a lot of my time to my family. However, there's sometimes I get up at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning and just take my little book out and I'm writing stuff down, writing ideas down and, you know, in the silence and quiets. But then when they wake up, there's my intention, you know, goes to my children. Yeah. My I think even to, to further hit your home, your comment home for somebody like yourself who has the educational background, we've got all of these certifications and degrees, these skills just aren't taught in those programs, right? You could go to the best X phys school in the country. They're not talking marketing or how to get leads. Mm. They're not talking about sales techniques. A mm. lot of this is learned boots on the ground, trial and error. Some people just don't make it. It is what it is. For you, what's been successful from a marketing standpoint to get people at least even aware that the business exists and to come through the doors? Literally just starting, like taking the first step to marketing. I know it sounds, again, just so cliche, but for example, we just had a two weeks ago, last no, last weekend, actually last weekend, we had a meet and greet with local professional boxers. There has a big event coming up 
um, my boxer included as well, and some other local professional boxers. And just, I had one of my coaches who, who's kind of like our PT or sorry, PR person as well. He made the connection and we just had a meet and greet and we had a giveaway. It was called boxing coffee and giveaway. But that we got, I mean, even if we got 10 people to the door, right? It doesn't matter if that's 10 people are like, oh, that's not a good turnout. No, it really is a good turnout because you even get 10. I mean, there's a, a law of 10 numbers. more than we had yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so, but, but then you get people to understand like, there's actually like, oh, wait, boxing is actually in Rock Hill. Yeah, there's a, there's quite a bit. We have three athletes off the top of my head who are in the top hundred, four athletes in the top hundred in the, the nation, you know, including one, including my athlete, you know? So there's a lot more. But, but again, getting over that, um, just taking that first step in the marketing, like don't being afraid to make a failure, like make a mistake. Like that could have went horribly. If I looked at one perspective, oh, we, I mean, we did actually do better than 10, but if I would have got only 10 in the door, I could say, ah, oh, crap, that didn't work out. Um, you know, I'm just going to stop and give up there. No, 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 no. That was only the first time. Yeah. If at first you don't succeed, try again. Lots of ways to skin a cat. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. And I think my perspective at least from from the gym owners that have come on this show is that it costs something right marketing in whatever sense whether it's dollars and cents in, in traditional advertising mailers social media whatever the format is or it costs something in time right even oh, yeah. if we're putting together an event it's not free it costs us our time for you who already said a time is capped in you know a number of different ways and it can be scary to invest, whether it's money or time, without a promised outcome. But like anything else, this is a skill. The more we do it, the better we get at it. I think you're 100% spot on there. Take me to the next step in the process here, Mario. Just interested prospects doesn't pay our bills. At some point, there has to be a conversation and a, a sales process. So if somebody reaches out, they're interested in training with you. What does that process typically entail before they're eventually signing up? Right. There's a million ways of sales tactics. You know, you can read 25 different books and 25 different books have different techniques. What I find is just being open and honest and cutting right to the chase and being open. Like, here's my pricing. Here's what it is. We do have, you know, different tiers, of course. But what, what would you like? How can I help you? If you, you called me, you're interested. This is what I offer. And I'm going to tell you everything I offer in detail, you know, so you know exactly what you're getting into. And then you decide what you want. And I kind of put it back on my, the, the potential new people. Now, again, some may argue, oh, that's a terrible technique because there's sales where you can uh, do the takeaway or you can yeah. do like, there are all kinds of techniques out there. Personally, I'm just a very open door. Like, here's my stuff. Here's what we offer. We have a fantastic product. I can tell you that for sure, because obviously we're producing top hundred athletes in the nation. You know, if you want to pursue your boxing career. So here's what we have. And then people will decide, what they want it for me i'll tell you i had some issues in the very beginning in my mind i, I grew up very poor very, very poor and so and i'm like so i kind of had this mentality i had to fight and you know still fight a lot less now than i did you know but i'm like well people don't have the money for this you know i don't want to raise the price because mm -hmm. they don't have the money and but in actuality somebody said to me a million times and didn't click until one day i just clicked people will pay for what they want yeah. If they want You're thinking with your wallet instead of with theirs. Yes. And, and that's, yeah. the, that's a hard philosophy to break. And you have to as a business owner, because it's like, it's almost not even fair to offer them something because you're scared that they're not going to take it because of money. That's actually shame on me for not doing that. And that's something I had to kind of rework my mind a little bit to help people understand what we have. Understood. And far from being alone in that boat, I think 
when we talk about sales in general, a lot of people kind of pull back. It gets this dirty connotation, especially in our industry of all these sleazy kind of used car oh, yeah. salesy techniques. But <laughs> yes. I think at the end of the day, knowing how to do those things is, is one aspect of it. Of course, there's a, a technique to it, but authenticity shines through, right? Yeah, right? People look for genuine interaction and it's like fitness. If we're not doing the basics, but we're worried about what time we're taking our creatine, yep. we've got bigger issues to solve, right? We've got simpler building blocks to stack before we get to that point. And so for you, that conversation is straightforward. Uh, once they sign up, right, we've got this, this new client, what happens, right? Kind of a lot of interactions in a fitness setting like this are made or break broken in those first couple of weeks. How are we setting our clients up to succeed? And, and then how are we maintaining that relationship to the long haul? So my team, my athletic team, my team that competes, there are some fantastic leaders in there. And when you, the more you go, I'll come right back to your question in a second. The more you go down the road of like training and mentoring kids to young adults, it kind of creates the environment that you want. And so when people come in to my gym, if they're coming for the team aspect, they get to meet all these awesome people that have been mentored through me or through the people in my gym, my coaches. Um, and it kind of sets a uh, environment that's kind of like an inviting environment because you're right, you're 100% correct. If the environment's not there, people are going to like cold shoulder and walk out the door, you know? And so people can smell it. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. Can smell people, smell this is a more home. educated buyer than ever yes. before. People know. Yeah. So, but, but you have, but what I've created on my team is I've created like, you know, really good people who actually generally care to get better. And so when you walk in the door and say, if you walk in the door, your brand new first day and everybody's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm Mario. I'm, Hey, I'm, I'm Vit. I'm the, you know, pro boxing gym and just introducing yourself and talking to yourself. And we work together in boxing's, you get punched. I mean, let's, let's be real, you know? And so like, when you kind of get into the interaction, you're like, Oh crap, these kids, like these guys actually like give a crap, you know? And they, 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 so they want to be there and that's the team, but the one-on-one's a little different. The one-on-one I, I always come up, tell my coaches, look, just be, be, be you and teach them a skill. They're coming to you. You are the uh, authority. You are the not authority. You are the um, expert in the field. Just be the expert and professional. And when you show that professionalism, Hey, you know, like people want the, the genuine and the professionalism people, like you said, they're very educated, but they're also, they're looking for just genuine people. And thank God all my boxers, I'm sorry, all my coaches have actually boxed with me for years. So every one of my coaches on my team, I have four coaches, the youngest, I'm sorry, the newest coach only has three years, is working on three years of boxing. Everybody else is five, six, seven, eight, you know, up. So that's kind of, they've had that many years with me to then see what my, what are my expectations are, what my mentoring abilities are. And then of course they put them, put them in their back pocket, you know, cause that's life skills. Yes. And then they're going to repeat the process. And so that's why I think that we're able to be so successful because we have coaches who actually give a crap because they've went through the process, you know? Yeah. You can't shortcut it. Mm -hmm. Right. There's, there's something to be said for time on the floor or time under the bar. There's a number of phrases that, that make sense in this situation. Big picture this thing with me here, Mario. We're, we're talking about building this program up. We're talking about getting more competitive fighters in. We're talking about helping everyday people, but 
what does that look like here as, as time goes by and years go by? Where do you see this business here in the next couple of years, five years, 10 years? The short answer, I would like to be like the premier around the whole area, which we kind of are, but I would like to be like the, the known premier. You know, that's kind of like the idea. Um, not that there's a couple of gyms and there's some fantastic gyms around the area. You know, I'm not knocking them by any means, but it's a different culture. Uh, big picture, where would I like this to be? I would love for my professional athlete who's working right now to get in the top 50, to get in the top 25. That's one route. For my amateur athletes to compete on the national stage, we've had some amateurs go to the Golden Gloves, the regionals. We've, you know, I would love to get to the national, national stage. So then you're not just becoming the, the small gym in the area. You know, people, oh, hey, that's, that's that gym from the southeast. You know, that's that gym that's, you know, pretty decent players coming out of. But then the other side of things, I also big in community. Like one of our big things, we host shows, amateur shows every year, at least two a year. Um, and every time we host a show, we always give money to a charitable organization locally. No, I never do anything internationally. I never do anything uh, uh, federally. It's not that I don't believe in those products. You know, they're fantastic outlets. However, I want to help my community out. That's right here around me. Yeah. And, as, and, and I mean, there's really nothing to do with like building business, but just literally helping back, giving back to people who actually need it. Um, you know, there's people all over the world that need stuff, but so does my community too. My community needs, you know, uh, money for a women's shelter that we donate money to. My community needs, you know, money to the, uh, uh, another shelter that has women, you know, cause we do a lot of stuff. I mean, men's shelter, we, because the fact that when you give back like that, you're not just taking everything. There's an old saying, I think, uh, Morgan, not Morgan Freeman, but, um, Oh, I can't remember his name. You know, when you make it, you turn around and you give your hand to the next person below you and pull them up. Because when you do that, you build a better community. I want to follow up that because I think the, the first aspect of that is important. You say when you make it, then you can turn around. I think a lot of the time gym owners have these great ideas and ambitions where they want to donate to different causes and help people out but we really have to make sure that we can control our own bills and, and make sure that we're making money first before any of that is possible. And even beyond that, the more money that we're making, the more we can help those people. Absolutely, yes. If we're broke, if we're struggling to pay our own rent, we're not helping anybody. Exactly. Right. And so I think there's a, there's a certain process to things, but I think if we're to think about it in a continuum of, one side of this being gym owners only focused on dollars and cents and extracting every bit of money out of people or on the other side, trying to, trying to help every single cause, albeit at our own detriment. I think we kind of need to be somewhere down that yeah. middle and, and pull from both aspects Absolutely. for the long haul, mm -hmm. at least as I understand what you're saying. Oh, and I, I agree too. So that's the other thing. If you don't have or purpose, you're not going to have passion. And when you, when you have a purpose, you have a passion. And then, especially when it comes to like business ownership, if you have a purpose and passion, money will come to you. Like, yeah, you got to do your due diligence and you got to do the marketing and yeah, you got to do your due diligence and do all the things. But if you're doing a good job and being genuine as you are, people will see that. I promise you, like, that's just like, from my experience, you know, when you're, you actually care about people and you actually do your thing, like they actually see the genuality. And so they want to come back because it, it's like kind of building a relationship, right? You're building a relationship. You don't have no idea who this person is. They come in the door. You, you kind of, this is how we are. This is what we do, you know, and you treat them very nice. And then just treat them generally, not nice. I shouldn't say that. You just treat them with genuine, like your personality and people will 
respect that. Yeah, they may not be boxing, may not be their sport. That's okay. That's okay. Because the fact that, you know, there's a whole, I know social media is like the number one marketing tool in the world. And absolutely 100% I agree with you. However, there's actually, I believe, one more, 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 very, very important social marketing aspect. It's word of mouth. It's the oldest and foremost, but it's hard. So I think like social media helps us get people through the door. And then when you get them through the door, then you get the word of mouth. And it's kind of like, and then once would you have like the genuine people, people see that, man, they like, they really, and it's a very strong connection. I mean, very strong connection. It's funny scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or anything these days. It's any, but any number of promises of a thousand leads, a hundred new members through your doors next week. <laughs> it, it, I think everybody is trying to kind of skip the process and it's unfortunate. I mean, I don't think it's unfortunate. That's not the right word, but I think it's, a harsh reality for some people that we have to have something worth marketing in the first place before we get to the marketing at least. Mm-hmm. So I think you're, you're spot on on that, Mario. I wish we had more time because I feel like we're just barely skimming the surface of what you guys do. But before we get out of here, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn a little bit more about Lightbright? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people go? Well, the great thing is if you just type in Lightbright Boxing, we're very niche. So we have a unique name, but Lightbird Boxing, I mean, we're on all social media, just like everybody else. You know, we're, we're um, the only one we don't have is TikTok, but everything else, we're right on, right on task, everything else. Um, we do post on a daily basis. Uh, you can always, my information's on there, the information on Lightbird Boxing. We have a website.com. Just any Google search or any search in general, Lightbird Boxing, you're going to see our stuff. Yep straightforward enough mario this has been fun man i i always appreciate when people are are willing to explore both sides of that coin and and what's gone well and how we've gotten here but also where we're still focusing on improving we'll have to reconnect in the future because i think there's a lot of things that that we still have on the table and i'm sure cards to be played for you guys as well and so for the time being stay in touch and and i wish you nothing but the best moving forward my man thank you i appreciate it thank you for your time Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lunch Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Rick Huntsman. Rick, what is going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, JJ. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of awesome. what you have going on with... Uh, the facility here. So let's kind of start with the bare bones basic, Rick, you know, how many members are you serving currently? Uh, so here at our school, uh, American top team, Watertown, we have about 200 active members. 200. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Awesome. And so for you, I mean, what's been the best method of getting new people interested and through the door? Uh, so we're, we're pretty grassroots, uh, with our like advertising campaigns and everything. Um, it's mostly word of mouth. Um, we're located right near uh, Fort drum, which is, I, I believe it's the biggest army base in, uh, in the country. Um, so a good percentage, I'd say probably 80% of our members are, uh, active service members. Um, and so they got a pretty tight knit community up there. So a lot of what we do is just word of mouth, uh, Every once in a while, we'll do a we'll do like some paid promotion on on Facebook. Um, we work with a local radio station. We'll we'll throw an ad up on there from time to time when they're running uh, like small business, local business specials, and everything. Um, but really, it's just it's a matter of um, creating a high quality product at our school, um, making sure that when people come in to train, they feel uh, like the coaching staff is investing in them directly, and then. Once they feel that, they go out, they talk about it. And uh, that really seems to be the key to generating new membership is just, uh, you know, really culture focused and then word of mouth focused, right? I love that. I love that. And so, you know, um, I mean, aspirationally, right? Let's dive into this. Like, I mean, where do you want to be? You know, like capacity, like what's like that max top, you know, literally like the biggest that you could explain. Obviously, square footage is definitely going to play a factor there, but how much higher would you want to go? So uh, we, so talking with, with my staff really focused on about 300 members. Um, we think that's kind of our, like our pie in the sky, long-term goal. I think if we got to that, we'd be uh, pretty much where we wanted to be financially, operationally. Um, but in order, in order to do that, we've been at this 200 member mark for a couple of years now. Uh, the facility we're in right now is about, we're about 6,000 square feet. Um, and we have about 3000 square foot of that is, is usable mat space. Um, so we're not, you know, we're not just a, a regular fitness gym. We're actually a martial arts focused gym. So all of our classes are, are gotcha. everything we offer is class focused. Right. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're a little bit limited in our square footage. We actually, uh, three or four weeks ago, maybe six weeks, sorry. Uh, we opened up our second mat space. So now we can run multiple classes at the same time. So we run our main classes out on our, uh, 2,500 square foot mat space. And then we have a second class running in the back room. We have about 1200 square feet of mat space back there. Um, so being able to run multiple classes is going to start, uh, you know, increases our, our capacity, our ability to hold more members. Um, but we're looking at, we're, you know, kind of on a five-year plan right now, we're looking at opening our own um, 10,000 square foot facility where we have, you know, two full-size mat spaces. We're going to have a fully functioning weight room available for all our students, uh, locker rooms, changing rooms and all that. Um, but wow. again, you know, it's the, um, the parable of the fishbowl, right? The fish is only going to grow as big as the tank. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but right now we're, you know, I was talking about culture with as far as generating new members, but we've really been focused on uh, increasing the quality of our programs right now because we're pretty much at max capacity for how many students we can handle. So now we're just really investing in our coaching staff, uh, investing in the quality of our products. We're, we're replacing some of our old worn out gear, um, you know, focusing on our, our youth programs that are going to generate long-term leadership and long-term investment from the families. 
so right now while we're, you know, pretty much the, the biggest we can be as far as membership, just really focusing on expanding our quality, which doesn't matter where you're at. You can never have enough quality in your product, right? That's so true. I, I, I think I, I think when you limit that, that's really when you kind of start dwindling down, right? Because yeah. if you're not growing, you're dying. I think it's either one or the other. Absolutely. Um, and now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious here too, because I mean, obviously being more of um, sports combat, if you will, Jim, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think that's what we can call it here. What would you say? I mean, or not, what would you say, but how are you even able to track the metrics of like, you know, how long someone's been with you? Cause I mean, I'm not sure. Do you guys have a membership or like, is it program based? Is it just, you know, pay for the day? Like, how would you, how do you guys go ahead and manage and track those metrics of how long someone's been with you, what they're trying to accomplish, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. How do you track those metrics? So we, um, we've been uh, using uh, gym desk as our CRM, uh, which is nice. martial arts kind of specific. Yeah. Uh, it makes tracking all the logistics really easy. We've been through a couple different ones over the past couple of years, but Jim uh, Desk seems to be the the easiest one for us to use. We are membership based. Um, most of our programs, uh, three, six, or twelve month commitment is what we require for training. Um, we do have some more flexibility in there, but that's the the most affordable option is going to be to get the members on the contract. Right. Um, and then we have them when they come in, it's just like when you go to planet fitness or most, uh, kind of, I guess, regular fitness facilities, uh, we have a sign in procedure. You come in, you log in for the classes you're going to, you're going to be in for. Um, and then I review that pretty much every week. Uh, when I sit down with my staff, we kind of go over what classes are doing well, you know, what classes aren't, if we're seeing drop off, we try to figure out why we're seeing drop off. Um, and then as far as uh, something you touched on in there that I, I think is critical is uh, you said, um, how do you track what people are there for, right? So we are a combat sports facility, like you said, we focus on martial arts training, but our focus is not on fighters necessarily, right? Our focus is on okay. the people who want to get better, right? The people who want to get in shape, the people who want to uh, the people who are exploring martial arts as a means to push themselves, as a means to try something different. So out of the 200 people we have, I only have, I think, five active fighters right now. Everybody else is gotcha. involved strictly in our fitness programs uh, or they're just in here, you know, their parents, some of their kids train um, and they just want to, they just want to do something different. Um but that's always a conversation I try to have as people are, are coming in and I'm, I'm chatting with the new people. I always ask them, you know, how did you hear about us? What do you want to get out of this? You know? Um, and it gives it that, that personal touch. I'm not going to push everybody to train like they want to be a fighter. If their only goal is I've never thrown a punch. I've never even been punched in the face in my life. Okay. Well, we're not going to put you in a, in a fight based class right away. Right. Yeah. You know, get you out of your comfort zone, but also in a way that encourages growth. Right. I, I, I think that's so important. I mean, I, I, I mean, personally, I've been in part of the sports combat gyms in the past. And I think that's so important when you don't lose sight of why they started and yeah. you're constantly future pacing. Okay, cool. Like if you're not trying to fight, but you're trying to develop those skills, let's see how we can get you from, you know, not knowing what you're doing at all to at least mm-hmm. getting to the basics and then you become more advanced. And then what's next is there's, it, it never stops. And I mean, obviously right. again, you kind of have that until you get to that point where you have the decision, Hey, are you going to fight or are you not? Are you going to compete? Right. Or, and that's okay. If you don't be, be a high level, just, you know, 
getting after it at the gym. Yeah. That's totally okay if you don't want to yeah. fight. You don't want to say, I don't want to curse on here, but you know, like a badass, you know what I'm saying? You're yeah. a badass yeah. in the gym. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and I want to get a little, a little more tactical in terms of a question here. So, um, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna make it as simple as possible because I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm sure you, you can attest to this as well. Being a gym owner, right? You're wearing all the hats, right? You're the marketer, you're the salesperson, and you're, you're kind of HR and everything else in between. Um, and so I'm curious for you guys, and I, again, every gym is unique, so I'm, I'm really curious to see for you guys what your main priority is. Do you feel like you guys are are looking to improve on aspects of marketing, sales, or retention? Because it's only those three, really. I think that makes up the whole entire business. But yeah. what do you feel like is like going into you know the end of the year? You know we're in Q four as we speak. What's the priority? Is it getting more people through the door, getting more conversions, or just keeping them longer? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we fluctuate, right? Always. Um, Sometimes you need more people in. Uh, sometimes you're getting plenty of people in and you're not keeping them. Um, but sometimes you just need to focus solely on retention, obviously, right? So <laughs> right now we're definitely in a uh, retention phase. Um, we have a good amount of foot traffic. Our gym manager does an awesome job of converting members. Um, and to your point about, about wearing all the hats, what's really awesome for us and, and what I think is a little bit unique about the way we structure our, our gym is that we have two full-time employees, myself, I'm technically the operations manager on paper. We have a gym manager. We're the only two full-time employees. Um, the, the main owner is kind of almost a silent partner in the background. And then we have another guy who focuses on mostly our social media stuff. Um, and then we have, uh, it's actually my girlfriend is kind of heading up the like female focus aspects of the gym. So we have a team of people <laughs> when we have a decision to make, um, if we see something struggling or if we, uh, we need to shift our focus. So like right now I said, we're in a retention phase as we bring everybody in. So I, I have the luxury of, I can focus solely on the quality of the product on the mats. How are my coaches doing? How are the programs doing? Uh, where we need to improve there. Our gym manager can offer insight. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm having trouble getting people through the door or I'm not converting people or this is what I'm doing that's working well. Uh, he can provide feedback from behind the desk. Our social media person can provide feedback. Hey, we're getting a lot of engagement here. Um, I think this is what's helping us keep people. And then um, the, you know, the, the main owner can say, okay, business wise, these are the things we're doing. Well, this is how we're doing financially. Um, and then we have, uh, especially, you know, in combat sports, it's hard, uh, female population often feels kind of like set out of all that. So we have yeah. someone specifically focusing on that. We run, uh, women's only self-defense classes and everything. And that's really helped with retention. Um, but to kind of circle back to your, to your point right now, what we're all doing with reinforcing our, uh, and everybody that's on that staff is also a coach here, right? So everybody oh, wow. has okay. skin in the game, right? So every single person on our staff also coaches the class. They also have their own programs that they're solely responsible for. Um, so everybody is invested, right? Sometimes when you, when you have trainers that just come in to run personal clients and just, uh, you know, make their own money, it's sometimes you get people that are checked out. They're not really focused about giving back to the overall, um, but everybody's financial future is directly tied into what's going on at the school. So when we, I say, Hey, look, we have, you know, we had 30 signups last month, which is awesome. 
but 27 of those people didn't come back this month. We all know that losing that, that dropping that retention rate, especially to that extent, is going to have pretty severe negative impacts on the long-term viability of the gym. And as such, the, the long-term success of all the, the staff members, right? So <laughs> with everybody being that involved, we can really focus on each one of the people on the staff is going to personally engage with as many students as they can to make sure people know that we know when they're not here, right? So I, kind of a long-winded answer to a pretty short question. No, no, uh, it's okay. But yeah. <laughs> no, great answer. I think that's a great response. I think you, you, you piggyback on so many things that, I was going to kind of dive into, so it kind of <laughs> saves us there. But I got two more questions for you here. Two more sure. questions for you, Rick. My two favorite questions of the day. Let's say five, 10 years down the road. I know you kind of alluded to some goals here and some things that you're going to accomplish down the road, but like in like a 30-second little elevator pitch, what is the bigger picture in the next five or 10 years? So five years from now, the goal, have our – own our own building, have a 10,000 square foot facility, um, be able to financially support as many people on the staff as we can, right? Because most of the staff have full-time jobs. They're, they're part-time here. Like I said, the gym only supports two full-time employees now. What would be nice is to be able to add on another two to three coaches full-time with our school, really invest in, in our product and get into a big, you know, our own 10,000 square foot self-sustained facility. Wow. I love that. And I love how specific it is, man. It's like you hit it right on that. Like you truly like understand it. it's like, okay, I'm going to accomplish this. It's just literally a matter of when. Yes, right? sir. Yep. And that's it. It's so, important too. Like you, you can't be vague with your goals. No. You can't say like, Oh, we, we want to be bigger. We want to have more members. Like you got to have a number. Of them. Yeah. I think that's yeah. super important. Absolutely. And so um, now Last question here, and my favorite question of the day, if I'm being very honest, but if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? I think, I think it would just be believe in yourself. Um, you from the very beginning when you when you feel that passion to do something big to do something bigger than yourself it's easy to start second guessing and there was a lot of times I was kind of like one foot in one foot out um definitely a couple of times I almost I almost walked away especially with the, the history of how I came to be in this position um there there was a lot of a lot of self-doubt uh definitely a lot of times I wanted to quit and, and a lot of things that I I allowed to be obstacles for longer than I need to because I didn't have that that self belief, right? Um, when you feel that you feel that passion, you feel that purpose inside you to do something bigger than yourself, you got to go for it. You, you just have to believe, uh, yeah, and just work your ass off. I love that. I love that. Look, that was a mic drop of an answer. If I could throw this <laughs> on the floor right now, I'd throw it on the floor. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, Rick. But before we sign out, I mean, please, if you have any social media, a Facebook website, anything at all, let the viewers know where can they find out more about you and the gym? Absolutely. Uh, so our Instagram, our Facebook, American Top Team Watertown, uh, the gym website, AmericanTopTeamWatertown.com. 
try to keep everything pretty simple. Um, if they're looking for me specifically, uh, Rick Huntsman, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's it. There we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, if you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, Rick, I just want to let you know how you can access the podcast. I absolutely. really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out of here. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, JJ. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Mike from Elevate 360 in Wokingham, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Very excellent. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to sit down and have this conversation. I've been looking forward to it. Um, (laughs) Before we dive into, you know, what you guys do at Elevate 360 and all of those kind of business related details, I want to know why. Like, what was it that led to you going and opening up this fitness business? uh why um it's just it's the only job i've ever had i've always worked in fitness i've done it since i was about 18 years old and i guess why was because when i was 18 i used to socialize by playing sport really and then that i got injured for a while and essentially like the social aspect of my life went away for a while and one of my friends just asked me to go to the gym with him. And I realized that you can kind of have that at a gym. And then as the years went by, I found that to be the missing piece of what you could achieve in a gym space or a, or a fitness space was the, obviously the exercise and the the health is, is something that we're all fairly passionate about, but building a community and that sort of social side where people can come in and kind of hang out together in a, place where you're doing something positive for yourself was something that I I found quite intriguing and quite passionate about at the time so that is how I got into fitness and eventually um, building my own gym yeah and that's like super cool I for a lot of people like 
especially when it comes to group fitness or small group training or personal training, like what motivates them is just the social side of it, right? They get to get out of their house and do something good for themselves. But for many people, especially like post pandemic, like the only time we ever leave our house is to either go to the grocery store or go to the gym. So if um, we, you know, can be a part of something like this, it feels pretty good. Uh, So Tell us, you know, I guess, give us your elevator pitch of Elevate 360. Tell us who you are, what services you provide, kind of paint a picture for us here. Uh, well, my elevator pitch is quite simple, really. It's if, you, if you've ever been to a gym before or you've ever trained with someone and you've hated it, um, come and try it here because it'll be more fun. Um, and everything that we do and everything that is important to me is to make sure that people enjoy training because Mm -hmm. if you enjoy it you're more likely to stay consistent and as as we know like consistency is what's going to get you the kind of longer term results so that is the kind of heartbeat of everything that we do yeah um so you know that's kind of the why you do do it now the modality is it mostly personal training mostly small group group training kind of let us know what different levels of service that you provide for your clients here so we do one one service which is we are quite passionate about small group personal training and the reason why we've done it in that way is because i want to deliver a higher class service with one coach coaching four people than the vast majority of one-to-one coaches so we see that as our competition um and that that's sort of the the business model if you like four people one coach um and then the entire gym is set up with that in mind um logistically that modality is cool because business-wise it's smart we can fit more than one person in during a an hour block um with personal training you can only fit one client and so you can only have so many people um and then like for our clients it's smart too because like financially it makes more sense for some people to do the small group personal training and then also like they still are motivated by having people near them for some people they like to have friends or like the social side so you get a little bit of everything while still getting that personalized attention from the coach to help you reach your goals. Um, with the small group personal training, is everybody doing something different in the group or do they kind of follow the same plan? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. That's something that our members would ask us really is, um, do you all do the same program? We have a blueprint, we call it, so like a program that runs every day, which just kind of guides the coaching team in how to organize people and then within that sort of blueprint we have a movement that we would we would be doing as our main lift for example a squat um, and then depending on the skill level or sort of training age of the individuals in the class we would pick different variations of that particular movement that suit them best um, and then we would kind of coach them up incrementally over time to be able to kind of handle more higher skilled movements um, more load and things like that so that's where the the kind of personal side of it comes in Mm -hmm. so okay and and with that with that model how many trainers do you have training for you right now we've got four coaches in total okay and do they like what model do you guys follow for that are they 
employed by you? Are they contracting and paying rent? Like what models do you follow within your business and why do you do it that way? We have an employed model. So one of the things that I identified quite early on in, in the personal training industry, particularly here in the UK, is that it's got a little bit of a cowboy vibe about it where it's a bit unregulated and everyone's kind of just doing their own thing and there's no quality control, but there's also no mechanism for looking after trainers um, past the sort of first two years or so. So mm-hmm. the reason we do that is, uh, oh, sorry. And the other thing is that being a one-to-one coach can become, or a coach where you work on your own, sorry, can become quite a lonely place. So it's just you. So to solve all of those problems, we have an employed model where we want to kind of take that team community spirit, both in like for the members, but we also want to build it as part of a coaching team and to have four pairs of eyes on, on a, on a sort of individual that you're coaching is very beneficial and we can all learn from each other. And then that just raises the kind of skill level of everyone. So that's why we do it that way. I think it's smart. I talk to a lot of gym owners here on this podcast. And a lot of times what I hear is like in personal training style studios, they do contracting and each trainer is essentially running their own business under your roof. And with that, I think it's kind of difficult because, you know, that means that the trainer is in charge of the success of the gym itself. Um, But when you do it this way, everybody is in charge of the gym's success. You can help feed them clients. Everybody's working together to create this like good quality of service. So I like it. I think that it makes sense. If the coaches are are doing really good, the gym is going to be doing really good. Yeah. Um, so props to you for kind of finding that model and, and um, sticking with that. Uh, so right now, uh, how many clients are you guys training between the the four different trainers? Um, we've built it up to about 100 now. So that we've only just taken on our fourth trainer. So he will add a bit of capacity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be able to push now from 100 to about 160, which is what, what we intend to do. Yeah. So let's talk about that growth process. You know, what things are you doing or have you done to find your clients? I think like out of everybody that I talk to around the world, that that seems to be the biggest challenge for most people is like getting clients to walk in the front door. So what do you guys do to get people in and to get them signed up? Yeah, I'm sure it is actually because it's a it's not a natural thing for for people like myself. But we have developed a a system that we call we kind of call it like a 360 marketing um, process where we look to build. We use some of a community based community marketing where we encourage people via social media and in a kind of like private Facebook group to kind of grow and become more together as a group of people in the gym. And what that does is that a, it gives you more loyalty. So you have a longer span uh, lifespan with those particular people in mind. And then the referrals from those people are a little bit higher. So you have more chance, but then we have another employee um, who is in charge of phoning and making sure that everyone's happy. And while those phone calls are going on, there will be an option for, them to refer someone and we've got a referral scheme where if you bring someone along and they sign up you will get half of your next you don't have to pay half of your next month's membership 
So that's been one avenue, one really strong kind of internal marketing avenue. Um, we then have the sort of basic social media posting where we just try and grow the following in the area, connect with businesses via via sort of Facebook and Instagram. And I imagine at some point it'll have to be TikTok, but I'm not right. I'm not ready to be dancing in front of the camera just yet. So we'll do that at some point. Yeah. Um, and then just building that and being patient with that, we then also run um, run a more sort of ad- advertising-based model as well, where we encourage people to come and try us out for sort of 30 days or it's like, it depends on where we're at. So we're changing our 28-day challenge, which is what it has been so far. We're now just changing the wording of that to soften it a little bit so it just becomes try us for 30 days um, we run ads via facebook and instagram to try and get people's attention that way and a few a, a percentage of those individuals sign up but um, a big part of them just go onto our mailing list which is another avenue so we send out a weekly email as part of our marketing system where and the email again is is focused on building kind of a community within a community. So having that like mailing list kind of chat vibe where we ask them to ask us questions and we start the conversation and then um, eventually we get a few signups from that as well. Okay. Got you. So, you know, you mentioned something there that I really like to talk about because in 2022 it is very prominent in this industry. And that is, you know, the ads <laughs> on social media, um, in 2022, it actually is the proven best way to find clients in this industry. Yeah. Um, but for the hard part is most of us are not, not advertising and marketing experts. I know I'm certainly not. I don't know about you. So figuring out how to do it and make it work is a challenge. Um, how beneficial has that been for you? Have you found that it kind of ebbs and flows with leads flowing in? Is it constantly beneficial? Talk about your experience there. It, it ebbs and flows. I think it's a very natural thing. I don't think, um, again, I'm talking as a non-expert here, um, just from experience, but it's, it appears to have every ad that you put out has a certain life cycle. And I think some ads are better than others. But as a general, across the across the board, our ads are, are consistently profitable, um, which is what I I kind of use as the metric of success. Um, as soon as a as a cost, as soon as the cost per acquisition is above the kind of initial membership, then that's when we start looking at changing the actual um, various sections of the ads, and then we we kind of go back to the drawing drawing board from there. But yeah, it's it's seasonal. When whenever people are more keen to train, the the cost per lead is much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, in summer here in the UK, sort of September August September time, it tends to be at its highest for us because no one cares about fitness at that stage. All they care about is is going on holiday and, and having some beers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said that they're consistently profitable, profitable, and that's a good thing. Um, as long as we're making a profit, there's a return on that investment, then we should be running them. Um, so I'm glad that you were able to figure out how to make them profitable and weren't just like pouring money into like a bottomless pit there. Um, can be done. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people like will try to experiment with them and just like not be able to figure it out and it ends up being a waste of money. So, um, good for you guys. Um, now 
kind of want to ask you, what would you consider to be your biggest business related bottleneck, the biggest challenge for you? And what are you guys doing to work on kind of overcoming that? I think there's just as much value in us talking about what's mm -hmm. going really well as there is in the stuff that like kind of keeps us awake at night. <laughs> yeah, I think there's been a few bottlenecks and and one of the biggest ones was actually was strangely. So sometimes you think about growth being a good thing, but we grew really quickly, really like unsustainably um, and I couldn't really keep control of all the members and things like that and we couldn't provide as high a service so that was a bottleneck that we had to solve in terms of um, how do we scale our ability to onboard people when there's such a high demand um, that's something that we've solved going forward we've we've kind of doubled in size in terms of our square footage so I guess our next step was was always just the admin that was a bottleneck of of me having to move away from coaching to try and do all of the the legal stuff and moving upstairs mm -hmm. um, as well as having the downstairs. That was a big one. But honestly, I think it's just systems. It, it comes down to just having good enough systems in in every part of the business so that you know that you can scale up or down and within a reasonable spectrum of of kind of leads coming in and and onboarding enough people both members and coaches quickly enough. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the system side of things, as long as we can implement systems to find our clients, to keep our clients and to get our clients to spend money with us, then we mm -hmm. have everything that we need to kind of be running yeah. a successful business. But figuring out what works for us specifically, it does take time. How long have you guys been in business? Uh, about two years. Okay. So you're still in the beginning stages mm -hmm. of kind of, you know, seeing what it is that works and the industry is constantly evolving every single day. So what works yeah. two years ago might not be working <laughs> as well today, um, but just being able to kind of bend and flex with the um, industry is very, very important. Um, so. Now that we've talked about some of the challenges, I want to ask you, Mike, if I could give you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for the business came true, what would that picture look like for you? Mm. Uh, what would that look like? I actually don't think it would look at a whole lot different to where we're aiming to go. So with the, all the, the kind of different aspects of the business that we'd like to build, um, the ecosystems within like I was saying before the podcast, I think we have these three very distinct models that we want to run where we have the academy, which is going to help, which is going to be a sort of school to qualify personal trainers, um, mm -hmm. which will help us scale in terms of how quickly we can hire and onboard coaches because they will learn from us. So we'll teach them what we need um, as well. Having systems in place to kind of just make sure that the highest possible service is being delivered to to our kind of capacity-based membership and then growing online, uh, sort of a, a further online product as well. That's the dream. Yeah. What What do you foresee the online product looking like for you guys? Honestly, just an extension of our current membership base. So the gym takes people from beginner athletes to intermediate athletes and then I guess our online would be a little bit more intermediate to advanced um, just because that tends to be the mark, how the market works. I think more advanced people train um, using 
using an online service rather than an in-person most of the time. So um, kind of like a programming resource for people, I guess. Um, and what's your plan like to kind of, or, or with that, are you looking to reach people kind of around your country, worldwide, just within the gym? Like where, like how big are you looking to go with it? <laughs> I think how big I want to go is always, it's just everywhere and I'd love to be everywhere. But I think realistically, we probably want to start just extending from our own local community outwards to a, a slightly wider wider community within the UK and then just kind of see how far we can push that really. Yeah. And become more of a, and I suppose eventually that becomes more of a brand rather than just a single gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the potential for growth online is truly endless. Um, yeah. We can grow within our market, like in our area and then expand on like the country and then like the world. I mean, there's like 6.5 billion people in the world. So <laughs> we're kind of, there's endless amounts of people that we can kind of uh, fish from to get interested in our service as long as we're doing things right. What would be a piece of advice that you would share to somebody who was fairly new? You know, they just decided to open up their own studio today. Uh, what would you have to share with them, Mike? That's a great question. I think that it's going to be hard at some point, but sometimes the success lies just at the end, just behind the hard bit. So when it feels most desperate and most difficult, there's good stuff just after that. And then once you feel the good stuff, there's it's not long before there's some more pain and then beyond the pain it's just more good stuff so just keep going basically that's that's it i don't think there's much that's what i wish someone told me because then i wouldn't be as surprised when things go wrong and i don't think i would catastrophize the whole world if it went wrong you would just sort of work your way through solve the problem and then enjoy the good times and then wait for the next problem to arise yeah, I think it's funny because like a lot of times we go into into the fitness business because we like to exercise. So we're like, oh yeah, we're going to go open up a gym and we think that it's going to be easy. But to be honest, there's a lot of challenges when it comes to being a business owner. And I think like we are sometimes like not prepared for those challenges, but we have to just understand that they're going to come. It's not going to be easy um but that's what that's what makes it fun like this business is like a roller coaster there's a lot of ups downs twists and turns but it's super fun and most of us would do it again if we could <laughs> a little bit like some of your members I think I, I always think of that as is if you've been a trainer for a long time and then you start the gym you've got a new you're starting from the bottom again so it's a little bit like you need to learn one thing at a time and then evolve and kind of build again yeah um, so where can our listeners go online? Like, do you guys have an Instagram, Facebook, like where can they go to follow you, um, and check out more about what you have to offer. And then if you ever decide to do the online services, we're, <laughs> we're zoomed in and ready to take advantage of them. Yeah, probably Instagram is our hub at the moment. Again, as I said, we're not ready for the TikTok life just yet. So, um, we'll stick with good old fashioned Instagram for now. Sweet. Easy enough. Uh for us to find you what is the handle for instagram i think it's just at elevate 360 easy enough for us to find mike thank you for being here today had a lot of fun learning about your fitness business what you guys do over there listeners thank you, thank you for tuning in 
Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, just go ahead, fill out the link in the description. We'll get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.